0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey guys, it's Jillian. What's up? It's Kurt.
0: What's going on everybody? It's Jermaine and we are your in-arena host for the Indiana Pacers. And this is the Believe and Pacers podcast.
2: Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network.
0: All right, gang, what's going on? You've met everybody. Um, so listen, tonight's our first episode. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, but first off, we, we want to talk about the game that our Pacers had um, the last couple nights. We, we just played Minnesota. We just played the Bulls. Both games go into overtime. Uh, One we lose, one we win. I'll take that. I'm I'm not too excited we lost to the Bulls. I'm not going to lie to anybody out there. But I know the win was a very big game because we had a lot of guys step up to the plate and help us out. Um, Kurt, Jillian, what did you think about that overtime victory against Minnesota?
1: Anytime we go into overtime, it's exciting. Obviously, we don't want it to get to that point. But, you know, it's exciting that we pulled through this time. Sabonis recorded a career high 36 points 17 rebounds I think it was 10 assists I mean amazing game for him and just great to see the Pacers bounce back
2: That's right. Yeah, exactly what I was just going to say is bouncing back because they did go into overtime and they lost for Chicago. So, I mean, they really needed to make some adjustments in which they did, obviously. Um, I know they struggled at the first half of the Minnesota game, but, you know, they stepped up their defense, started scoring a little bit more, stopped Minnesota and turned around and won the game. So definitely – Big props to Malcolm Brogdon and Amonta Sabonis. And I'll take it. At least we didn't lose both, right? So, I mean. Listen,
0: and and the crazy part about this for everybody that's tuning in, we work in the arena and we were, a couple of us were supposed to actually work the game against the Bulls. And it's funny because we're on here and we're talking about overtime, but at the games, we are not allowed to say the O word. That's right. Yeah, you don't say that because it jinx you. Yeah. I I swear every time I've said it. I've gone into a damn overtime game every time. Like, it's never failed me so far. There's
1: something about it.
0: Something about it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you bringing up the Bulls game, that was just an interesting time in itself because I know all of us here, with all the snow we're getting, we were kind of on standby wondering what the NBA was going to do since they don't like to cancel games and making the call to have the fans stay back, you know, obviously understandable, but I'm sure you guys saw... A lot of people were upset. Yeah, on social that was media a tough
2: decision that. to make. So I did. I've seen a lot of uh, just tweets and pictures on Instagram and things of that nature on social media, to where a lot of fans had traveled in from out of town, even, and got hotels and all that. And but I mean, it is what it is. I guess at that point, so it, the roads were rough. So
0: right. they really were. I don't know how people can be mad. It was snow <laughs> falling like crazy. We was averaging an inch an hour.
2: You was going to go to the
0: game, come out the game, where our DPW wasn't doing the best job, so our roles was snowy, and you was going to get stuck. Who is upset right. about getting stuck? Why would you even want to risk cold it? In, yeah, exactly. like in the middle of cold Indianapolis. Ain't nothing open. At 930 at night, you just stuck there waiting on somebody to come toe. like <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see those tweets, and I'm glad I didn't because...
2: No, yeah, somebody had posted, uh, I don't know if it was just a repost or if they had turned it into a meme, or, or I don't know exactly what it was. I'd have to go back and look, but it was two fans, and they were excited because I, I don't know if it was their first game, or I know that they did come in from out of town, maybe their first game this year that they were going to attend, and they were ecstatic about it. They got to Banker's Life Fieldhouse, and then they called it off, so it's just that I could see. I don't know if you're traveling from Ohio or Illinois or coming from, in from... From out of state but you had to expect that living in the midwest in february
0: that's my thing if you was coming from ohio if you was coming from chicago or something like that you knew it was getting snow because y'all was having a snowstorm just like right. so i'm not <laughs> feeling for nobody on that but i'm not <laughs> lying to y'all i don't feel because you everywhere had a snowstorm like the entire world had a snowstorm that day like Uh Uh-uh, cuz Yeah. Just wait until the next game. Especially, and if
1: you're from the Midwest, like, you know. You know what to expect. You know what's going to happen, too. So it's like you got to, you kind of take that risk, and it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, there might have been people upset if they did let fans in there.
2: Right. It was the right call at the end of the day. I mean, they had to do that, so... But, yeah, I think moving forward, I mean, still talking about the games, who do you think – I mean, we're going to do a segment on here at the end. You know, we're always going to recap the last couple games and then go into a player of the week or, you know, a player of the last game who we thought was had the uh, the best game overall, I guess I should say. So who do you guys think, I mean, in that Minnesota game or even in the Bulls game?
0: I'll go first. I think Minnesota, you have to give it to Sabonis. Uh, Triple-double. The man has four 30-point games this year. Compared to his first couple seasons in the league, he was like two overall. So I I, I give it to Sabonis flat out right away. Like, I mean, big game from the big guy.
1: Yeah, I got to agree with Jermaine. I mean, yeah, Sabonis, I think getting 25 points in the game against the Bulls. Then that, you know, career high 36 points in the game against the Timberwolves. You got to go with Sabonis.
2: I think we should still also I agree give props to Malcolm Brogdon too. Um and also the coach because during the Minnesota game I did hear in an interview that um the all the players were very happy, you know, going into halftime. They weren't doing the best in the Minnesota game and coach Nate came in and didn't yell at them, didn't cuss them out or anything like that and he used positive reinforcement, which really I mean Help the players out, obviously, because they came back and won the game versus Minnesota. I like them picks right there. That's that's a good pick right there. You get all claps from me.
1: And always good to hear something positive like that, too, about the coach.
2: Absolutely, especially him being, this is his first season with the Pacers, so it's good to hear that. It's good to see that. And-
0: me, too. All right, so look, let's switch corners a little bit. Um, we, we've talked about the game. We've talked about our players. Um, and this is our first episode, so I feel like we got to talk about ourselves a little bit, just so people that tune in can can start to understand who we are. So uh, I'm going to throw it out there and we'll start with you, Jillian. Uh, we all work for the Pacers. We've all been there for a while. I think Kurt's been there the longest out of the bunch. But how did you get into emceeing for the Pacers? What made you want to do this? And-
1: See, and that's a good question, Jermaine, because all of us have agreed that's a question we get from people a lot. So absolutely, it's kind of appropriate for this first episode to kind of focus on this is our, this is our role and this is how we got here um, because we all know we're really fortunate to have this job. And we always say, you know, job in quotes, because it's really a lot of fun. This is now my fifth season working as an MC with the team. But you guys know that it's evolved a lot over the years. You know, we've had multiple MCs, you know, multiple female MCs at points, you know, Lara Overton and Lindy Thaxton are the ones that actually got me into this. I worked with them at Fox 59 and CBS 4. And they're both incredible people and very supportive. And long story short, when all of us were working our morning show grind and barely sleeping, and they were kind enough to help bring me into this and kind of show me the ropes. And you guys did too, just like any career, you know, you don't just wake up one day and say, Hey, I want to do this. I mean, it's, it's been a journey just like it has been for you guys. Um, You know, yeah, <laughs> we were laughing, actually, just a little behind the scenes note for you guys. It's what, 945 at night right now when we're recording this?
2: <laughs> yes. Kind
1: of speaks to our <laughs> lives. <laughs> all of us work multiple jobs. We have multiple gigs and we all have kind of unique histories, I would say, in terms of just our career. So for me, I went to Butler University, graduated with a degree in broadcast journalism and did the whole Climbing the news ladder for a while. I was in Champaign, Illinois for four years. First, at an NBC affiliate for a year, a CBS affiliate for three years after that, an anchor, a reporter. Um, after going to Butler, Indy became kind of my second home. My hometown market, actually, for news is Chicago. So I do actually get a little conflicted when Pacers play Bulls, just full disclosure. But, <laughs> but um, Indy was you know became home to me as well after going to Butler and especially getting immersed in Butler basketball as a total side note. So kind of becoming a fan and seeing how Indiana basketball is here, that really just was so amazing to see. So when I came back here, I got a job with Fox 59 and CBS 4, and yes, both stations, they're a duopoly. I know that's very confusing, uh, but was with them for four years, um, reporting out in the field mostly, but also anchoring some as well. And during those four years, that's eventually in, in 2016 when Lara and Lindy brought me into this fun side gig. So it used to be a lot of, you know, working the morning show, waking up at 2 a.m., you know, working a six-hour show on the Fox side and a two-hour show on the CBS side, kind of coming back in the afternoon, taking a little nap, working the game, taking a little nap again, waking up at 2 a.m. I know you guys know this life. So right. it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot of sacrifice. But I feel really fortunate because, you know, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. And so every time that, you know, I came to the games and learned more and more from you guys and, you know, from Lindy and from Lara, I kept thinking, how fortunate are we that we basically get to like work courtside and watch the games and just like have fun with the fans. Like this job is awesome. <laughs> so I continued to do it. I left news in 2018, worked at a PR firm for a year, continued to do a lot of MC hosting work. It's been a lot of twists and turns since then. But now today um, I actually have a small business focusing on video production work and voiceover work and on camera work and, I'm also a fitness instructor. I have a lot of fun with that. And then, of course, the duties with the pacers. It's been a lot of fun. I feel really fortunate. Um, but like anything, you know, people all the time, like kids in college, I'm sure you guys get the messages. They're like, how did you get into this? What What do you do? And really, you kind of got to say you have to be a jack of all trades. You have to right. know. Yeah, yep. you have to know how to shoot, how to edit, how to do a lot of different things if you want to make it through a career in broadcast and it's not all the same you know but it just it takes a lot of work but it always ends up being worth it so anyway enough about me jermaine i'm gonna throw it right back to you because i actually i want to hear more about your story i know a little bit but i don't think i know exactly how you got started in pacers
0: so all right so i do radio here in indianapolis uh, on one of the hip-hop stations and at the time i was doing the night show um and for a couple of years, I had noticed the, the the whole MC thing. I knew Scott that was doing it. I think he was one of the original people, my man, Scott. And then I knew, um, I don't want to say Shazay's name wrong, because that's what I call Shazay. Shazay that's yep. what I call him. Yep. Um, <laughs> but Shazay was doing it, and I was noticing. So one year, I just sat back, and I'm going to the Pacers website. I'm like, it's got to be uh, – these people got to be getting this job somehow. Like, I think I can do this again. Like – I host clubs. I'm on the radio and I know my energy is crazy. So I went to pacers.com one year and I seen it hiring for MC. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. But I didn't go to auditions that year. I decided at the lab, I'm like, nope, I ain't doing it. I'm cool. It just seems like not no fun, too much work. So then the next year, because I've been doing it now at least six seasons, I think. I, I don't lost count. But the next year, I see it pop up again, hiring for MCs, on-court MCs, come down here, go tryouts, blah, blah, blah. So if you've ever paid attention to the process, then you know it's like a two-week thing on the website where it's telling you to register, register. So it's just like how I did with the radio When when I started my internship. I literally waited until the very last day to register. So, boom, I register. The day of the auditions, I'm sitting there like, I'm not going. (laughs) <laughs> i don't want to i don't even know why i did this like i'm not going no way like nope you going. almost
1: weren't an MC. like i can't even imagine
0: listen the, the tryout started at like noon i literally pulled up at 11 45 like <laughs> really? let me go in here and do this thing man like so you actually was, auditioned
2: for it then yeah i, I okay. had to audition see i, I didn't I, think I, I, that i thought i don't know how you got in but i didn't think you had an audition i thought they were just filling a spot and then for somehow just you were connected with radio stations and things like that, that they had your name. Ah, but OK,
0: it, it, it was a pure audition because that's how they was doing it at the time. Like and again, I didn't know if they was really feeling the job or just trying to see. So I went to this audition and it was like three steps. So the first one, you in a room with everybody, mm-hmm. which was cool. I'm, a, I'm an introvert, so I don't mind being in a room. I sit in the corner to myself. Then the second one, they stuck you in a room with products. And was like, take this and give us a commercial in 30 seconds. I was like, ah,
1: this is easy. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, like I do radio. Like everything I do on air is off the top of my head. So they they like it's, it's an autograph basketball. It's a jersey. It's this, is that. So I'm like, give me the basketball. So boom, I do my pitch first take. And they like, yo, nobody's done this in first take, yo. Like, <laughs> what's going on? So I'm like, bro, this is easy for me. So then boom, you go from, yeah, like, so then you go on the court, and they're like, all right, we're going to give everybody games to play. And you just go out there and act like you're hosting it. And again, this is easy because I host concerts. It's just nobody in the arena but the workers. So the tricycle game was my game. Down and back, yep. down and back, first one does it twice, wins. So they tell you the basic instructions and go have fun. So I instantly turned into my radio character, B-Swift and I'm watching people in the arena that works there, that sit there, and I have this thing. My 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 everyday voice is my radio voice, which I, I hate it. But I can tell when somebody recognizes me off of my voice. So as soon as I do, all right, everybody, let's get up, let's go. The, everybody in the arena that knew, that didn't know who I was, knew who I was at that moment. Like, even people on the Pacers cool. Can I stop you knew.
2: there and ask you this question? I know you as B-Swift. Right, yes. and so, but we have to call you Jermaine. Yes, why is that? Let the, I kind oh, of know, this but is a I good want. Question. Can you can yeah. you explain? Can you explain that though? Like, is that something he, you're allowed to talk about? Yeah, we could talk about okay. it. like
0: it's, it's it's all good. So the reason that I am Jermaine at the Pacers game versus B. Swift is because another radio station owns the uh, media rights with the Pacers. Okay, you know, I mean, they're the media sponsor, basically. So when they figure it out, because I'm like, yo, can I go by B-Swift? Woo, 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 So they had to ask. And at the time, I was doing nights, and I was number one at nights, and that station couldn't touch my numbers. Like okay. I was in like, <laughs> so- double-digit leads. So I honestly think they made the decision of, we're not giving this kid no more publicity. <laughs> <laughs> He's kicking our butts. <laughs> and I think they was like, no deal. You can't go by that name. So and I was cool with it like you know what I mean because mm-hmm. again it it gave me chance to work on my my other brand outside of B Swift, but that that's the reason. Why. Okay.
2: Well, that's kind of what uh, I thought, but I just yeah. wanted you to explain it. I didn't know if you could talk about that and with leaving out, you know, the, the radio station call letters and things like that, yeah, yeah, you know, I, that, but.
0: I, I won't call that company up. They right? know yep. who they are. <laughs> 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 I was kicking their butts at, at my seven o'clock show. Like they couldn't <laughs> touch me, but, and I respected it, but it was cool because that's probably the one time I went in somewhere and I auditioned by being me and not the radio guy. Like nobody knew who I was literally until we played that game. And it's 25, 30 people in there and the audience and some of the people that work for the Pacers, they instantly knew.
1: Right. It was like,
0: we know that voice. So I was cool with it. Cause I'm like, I did everything else. Perfect. Including that. But it wasn't on the strength of it's B Swift. We got to give him the job.
2: So So it was dope. I like that. So how is it? I mean, and Jillian, you can kind of answer this too. just being on TV, because I started a little bit different of a way in front of people more so than you guys are be- not behind the scenes, but you're not in front of fans. You know, when you're anchoring and doing things like that, you're in a studio. Same with you, Jermaine. You know, you're talking into a mic at the radio station. So how does how does it differ you know, being, were you nervous at all, Jermaine? I guess when you... What? Yes, I was yeah, nervous. Yeah, talking in front of people, like live. bro.
0: I'm in an arena <laughs> with, and again, I host concerts, and I'll tell anybody, I'm a very right. bad introvert. I like to be by myself. So it you in a sold-out arena with 15,000 people and all eyes on you. And then you got the people that work for you telling you funny stuff so you don't mess up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they're ears. trying to <laughs> mess you up in your ear, like... And that's how it was the first season and that's why I liked it. Like from day one, they kinda helped my nerves because y'all play the cage ball game. That was like one of the first games I played and the first thing they say is, Don't say blue ball. Yeah. <laughs> say cage blue cage ball. Like, excuse us, Jillian, but this yep. is what they tell us. Doug and I were and talking like, about that no, the other I mean, yeah, day, actually. Don't that's say, hilarious. Don't me. say blue ball. Yep. Say blue cage ball. And like this stuff makes you cry <laughs> on the inside because they're in your ear and nobody can hear it. And like that type of stuff helped because, again, I sit in a room and I might talk to 100,000 people, but I don't get to see these folks. Right. You
2: know what I mean? Exactly.
0: And now to step out and all eyes on me, families, friends, people I don't know, oh, I was a nervous wreck.
2: See, and that's something that I don't understand because, I mean, I've done radio. And, again, I can get into it after we're done with you, Jermaine. But it's like I don't understand that side of it because I started in front of people at a radio station that I worked at because it was all promotions and doing on-site events and things like that. But Jillian, how is it for you? Were you nervous at all going from, you know, doing studio work at Fox to going and talking in front of people?
1: Oh, I was so nervous. Yeah. You guys, well, Jermaine nailed it on the head about like how different it is. And that's seriously a great question, Kurt, because it is really different because yeah, you're talking about like Jermaine said, either, you know, just a mic, you know, everybody's listening, but you can't see them. Same like with the camera. Even when you're out in the field somewhere, it's just you and the videographer and you're looking at the camera and you know, there's a lot of viewers, a lot more than there would be inside a Banker's Life Fieldhouse. But it's different because you're just staring down that camera lens. Same thing in the studio. You're just staring down those cameras, reading off a prompter. It's nerve wracking at first. You get used to it. But my first hit that I ever did I think I worked the game with you, Kurt. It was like in October of 2016, a pregame um, type of hit, and it was like the first hit I ever did. I botched it, and I was so embarrassed. I had been on the like on the air for years at that point, and I was like thinking, "No, no, I got this. Like, I, I do hits like this all the time." And then right away, you know that feeling—you feel like your heart beating, and yep. like. <laughs> i was like
2: anxiety yeah
1: i was slurring and stuttering like i was like oh my gosh i got done and i was thinking they're gonna ask me to leave like that was terrible but (laughs) i finally calmed down and then got more comfortable with it and it's like anything you guys know how it is now i don't i don't feel nervous But I used to. I
0: still feel nervous when I walk in there.
2: I I got the jitters a little bit coming back and not doing it for a year and then going back out there, you know, with COVID and everything like that. Like there was a little bit of anxiety, especially with the stage now. I'm so used to being out (laughs) with the fans and being on the court and you're surrounded by all of it. And now it is like all eyes are on us when you're up there and you're looking a different way with the different cameras and all that. So, yeah, Yeah.
0: listen, I'll be ready to curse on accident. Like I had to tell myself, don't curse. Don't curse. You can't curse. Like and this is what I gotta do on radio, but at least on radio I know I can go and hit the button and it ain't gonna make it if I say it in so many seconds. Like But here I'm live, I got you, don't curse. Just go do Yeah, the what's
1: your safety time in radio? Like what's the delay? For
0: the dump uh, button? Is that what it's the called? Dump button, yeah. So we actually got a 30 second delay. Oh nice. 20 second. Yeah. I got twenty seconds on the dump button, but it's then it's another 10 second safety built in. But no, yeah, but you you got 20 seconds. If you say a cuss word, you got up to 20 seconds after saying it to hit that button, boy, like. Woo,
2: that's a <laughs> life You had to use like. it before. That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> On
0: oh, accident, like it just be little stuff, like especially switching from nights to afternoons. At nights, I can be a little bit more raunchy and say a little bit more things, you know what I mean? Cuz mm-hmm. it's a younger demo. But afternoons, your your demos a little older to a degree. So I have to be careful. It's kids on the school bus listening. So I've definitely said a few words. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm not on at nine o'clock. Boop, that button, sir.
1: <laughs> okay, that made me think, Jermaine. So obviously, like you said, people know your voice here in Indianapolis. You have a great following. But for anybody who doesn't know what your role is exactly, what's it all about? Because I know you do a lot more than just even the shows on air. You have a lot of responsibility with some of the events that you guys put on.
0: Yeah, so I'm the assistant program director at the station, which kind of just puts me in management. So I'm definitely behind the scenes and helping coordinate everything that, that goes on with that place. So that's that's it in a nutshell.
2: And you mentioned internship, and I've always wondered this, too, because I know Jillian said that she went to Butler. Did you go to college, or is it something that where you came out of high school and you went got an internship and started working?
0: I was fresh out of high school. I, I was lucky.
1: That's awesome. Um,
0: yeah, I was fresh out of high school, and I was able to walk into an internship. Uh, due to a contest on the radio, and I kind of just didn't know anything about radio, never wanted to do radio, right? Um, but just walked into that, and I just fell in love with it. Like, I've I've always been into music due to, like, certain things. My parent, one of my, oh well, my dad is a professional musician. My uncle is a professional musician. They've been around the world thanks to their guitars. So I was going to do something with music, and just the radio just kind of lucked up, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, a real career for me, I guess. That's, right. awesome yeah, because, that's
1: awesome because, yeah, someone's going to be listening and be inspired by that, you know, and just know that, like, if you work hard enough, like, look how you can climb up.
0: Facts. Like right. not, and, that, and that's the dope part. Like, I really worked hard, but like, and we'll get into it on this podcast when we do some other things. Like, I was around certain people at a young age, too. So that's what I seen. Like, I used to hang with Reggie Miller. So I seen work and understood a different type of work ethic. You know what I mean? When he'd be like, no, nah, I got practice four times a day or I'm going to shoot you'd be like what you bro you what you know but you've seen that work ethic like I say my father's a professional guitar player seen that work ethic from him so it, it just fit you know but enough about me Kurt how did you get over here on this Pacer thing man because I think you got the um the, the the title I think you've been there with us the longest so
2: far yeah originally um I went to IUPUI well I first actually started at IU And I went for, I started going into business and real estate is what I wanted to do. And then I switched over to telecommunications and which wasn't really broadcasting or anything like that. And then, um, I actually transferred to IEPY because I got hired at Radio Disney in Indianapolis and it wasn't for an on-air position like yours, Jermaine, it was for promotions and marketing. So what we did there is we had, we were syndicated out of Burbank, out of LA, like around that area and we had 24 markets across the united states and in carmel was our tower and our station in carmel indiana on the north side and so we had a station here in indianapolis so we would go all over we actually made some appearances in cincinnati and louisville and we would go down to different places and we would do live events in front of people so i started off by just you know we had a cd player at that time kids if you know what a cd player is like we had one of those at our (laughs) events. And um, when we were doing these things, we would put different CDs in, we would burn CDs and, you know, put different songs on them and all that. And then we upgraded to the MP3s and you know so on and so forth, and I actually got DJ equipment out there at one point. But um, I started handing out stickers and just talking to people and promoting the Disney brand. And finally, like I was, I guess I had a big enough personality to where they needed. MCs at that time to lead some of the events and it was almost a slowly, you know, Disney has to do everything and it's a big production. And so they slowly started turning our events in when we're out, you know, promoting a grocery store or this or that. We had four or five, they called them Road Crew, Radio Disney Road Crew with us. And I would be the lead and I would be, you know, promoting the products and talking to the people. And we did a lot of games and interacting and all that type of stuff with them. So that's where I was going with, you know, asking you guys about the studio work. It's like, so when I started talking, it was really in front of people. I mean, it could have, you know, some of the smaller events were, you know, 10 people, but and we did also some bigger events to where there were a couple hundred people you know at different amphitheaters and outside at summer programs and we had movies in the park and all that stuff and we really started to draw a big crowd and that radio station eventually with just like everything you know with podcasts and all that it went out of business um, it was at the very very bottom tier of disney it wasn't By any means, a moneymaker for them, I don't think. So it just, you know, you can listen, I think, at RadioDisney.com now, and that's pretty much it. Or if you're out in L.A., maybe. But I don't follow them too much anymore. And then, so after that, though, one of our clients at the time was the Indiana Ice, the USHL hockey team. And they were like you, Jermaine, were looking for MCs and they were one of our clients. And for I knew somebody there and they brought me in and they had seen me at an event. And I sat down and I interviewed with uh, the owner, Paul Scott, and I believe Cindy Simon was in there who owns, you know, they own the Pacers now. So they were all kind of in there and, you know, some of their management and got the job and had no idea what I was getting into, didn't know where it was going to go. I had no idea, but I ended up staying for four years with them. And it was essentially exactly pretty much what I do at the Pacers. So that was fun. And then we, we were at the Pepsi Coliseum or the Indiana Farmers Coliseum is what it's called now. Um, but every year we had two big charity events or it was one charity event and then one other game at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And every time when I found out that the Pacers had MCs, every time that we would have those games, I would network with. Anybody when I would go into Bankers Life Fieldhouse, like I would talk to the cameraman, the whoever it was, and bug them nonstop while I was working to who do I need to talk to? And finally, I had That's somebody smart. take me into the back room. Where, you know, all of our editing equipment is and this and that. And they started showing me around and introducing me to different people and, you know, so on and so forth. And that didn't really that wasn't what sealed the deal for me to get the Pacers job. But going on my fourth year at the ice, that team was about to go out of business and they I had bugged our bosses because I had finally gotten their contacts, Dean and Doug. And I think I sent Dean a million different emails throughout the years saying, hey, if you need somebody, you need somebody, Like, let me know. And he denied me and shot me down. And they didn't need anybody at the time because they had Scott Evans or whoever it was, or Ace. That's who it was, Scott Evans. Yep. And I forget who the female – Lara definitely was probably there because she had been there Was forever. it
0: Zuri? Did Zuri do it with him back then, too? Yeah,
2: at Zuri Hall. Yeah, I think yeah, so, too. They,
0: yep. It's crazy, let's say, because they went on to have great careers and on entertainment tonight Absolutely. and things like that. That was one of the main reasons I did it, though. <laughs> yep. I said, you know what? i seen their careers
2: blow up right
0: after they did Pacers.
2: Jump <laughs> on in, cuz. Jillian and I were just talking about that the other night. Yeah. Yeah, we were
1: talking about how it's amazing to see how they now made it to a national level. Like, how awesome.
0: That's the that's one of the main reasons I can do it. Try out. Yeah. Like, (laughs) hey, yo, I need that type of boost. I don't know
2: what he did, but I want in. Absolutely.
1: We need to have Kurt and I were saying we need to have some of the past MCs on the show like that. No, yeah. I
2: think that would be like just to see their perspective and see how it changed. And, you know, because I mean, even from when I started, this is my eighth season. And, yeah, I got the five-year pin. And I know, Jermaine, you got the five-year pin, too. And, yep. Jillian, you should have yours sometime oh, yeah, coming mine. in the mail. Nice. <laughs> so if you, we, we get a five-year pin, a 10-year pin and from Bankers Life Fieldhouse and as a Pacers sports and entertainment employee that we can wear proudly. But, um, nice. yeah, so this is my eighth season. I think it would be cool just to kind of hear some of the stories, like as the other MCs and some of the games and see if things have really changed, you know. But, Outside of that, like uh, after I was emailing Dean and he kept denying me and denying me and denying me, auditions actually came up to where it wasn't exactly like what you explained, Jermaine, but one portion was, you know, when they finally said that, you know, or I had applied and I. Not necessarily got accepted into the audition, but I got to go. Um, We were in a room, and I remember the first person I saw was Lara. And I'm like, they make you audition too? Like, you're good at this. (laughs) Like, I remember saying that to her. And she was like, well, yeah, everybody has to audition to keep it fair. And I'm like, all right, okay, well, I got this. So then uh, there was another guy there. And I don't want to just name names of people, but there's another guy there from a different radio station. And um, while we were in the room, we were just mingling and then they would call us out um, two people at a time and we would go out and we didn't have to grab an item and promote anything. But we went out on the court and essentially they did, you know, the tricycle races and things like that. And they gave us a couple small instructions or bullet points. And they were like, go, you know, nobody was in the building except our bosses and a couple of people that, you know, other people that were working. And they're watching you and lucky enough, I don't know, I was telling Julian this the other day, <laughs> the other guy's microphone did not work at the time for the first like 30 seconds to a minute. So I just took control of the whole audition and I ended <laughs> up getting pee. a call back. Yeah, and did a preseason game, which I think is still a feeler. Like they bring you in for a preseason game yep. to kind of see like, all right, are they really going to do all right in front of a live crowd? And then got the job. And I remember the first year that I was doing it, I was so nervous. And I kept asking Doug, who was another boss of ours, Am I coming back? Like, do you guys like me? Do you think I'm gonna come back? Like, you know, and then they eventually got comfortable enough to where I worked. It was Lara and. I believe Lindy at the time, maybe, because Lindy and I were there for about the same amount of time. And then Shazé was my counterpart as far as the male MC. And he was there for a portion of the season, if not the whole season. And I believe Ace was another male that was there. I'm trying to go back and think about everybody that was there. But, you know, they were still – that's why it made me nervous because I'm like, there's multiple people here. Like, they could just get rid of me at any time. You don't know. So, um, but they ended up to where uh, Shazay had moved on. And I, I think he's doing other things now. And then Ace was from, I believe, Michigan and he moved on. So it was just me for almost an entire season or at least half a season until they brought Jermaine in. And then, so I think Jermaine, you, yeah, you've had to have been there six to seven years at least. Cause I don't think I did a full season by myself.
0: No, nah, it's been, I'm trying to think. When did we get them yellow Pacer jackets? Last year? Yeah. Yep. So this makes, that was, uh, so this, he, this season six then.
2: Okay. So yeah. And this yep, is yep. eight for me. So I, yeah, that makes, that that's makes sense.
1: So Kurt's but, yeah. like the OG MC now. <laughs>
2: yeah. he's yeah. <that's> The OG <laughs> like Kurt, I would be hitting Kurt like, yo, what is,
0: da-da-da? how can you even like, bro, you got this, bro. I know who you are. You're okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Speaking of Doug and Dean, I know you guys have brought them up. Obviously we got to give them a shout out. Doug Morgan, Dean Haviland. They make all the magic happen, and they help make our jobs much easier. They oh, do,
2: yes. Yeah, so Absolutely. Dean, I mean, especially being in our ear, like Jermaine said, he's always extremely positive. I mean, Doug is too. Like, Doug's running around, and he's getting the contestants and setting up all the contests and doing everything. And I mean, you can't forget about Jamie as well, because Jamie oh, is definitely yeah. right in there, especially this year. So big shout-outs to all of them just for keeping us uh, – with the team too. Fact, <laughs> us you, around. If you
0: ever see us laughing as soon as the camera come on, blame Dean. I blame him every time because he's mm-hmm. saying something crazy every time. So just just know if we just cracking up laughing, it's because he's saying something in our ear that's funny.
1: And you guys might get a lot of questions about what this job even entails. Like, what's your elevator pitch when people say, "What? What is an MC? What is an in arena host?"
0: So for me, I tell people I we help bring the excitement to the game. I don't think we can I don't think nobody brings more excitement than Boomer, but I feel like we bring <laughs> the next part of excitement because we're interacting with the fans. We're giving you the t-shirts and the free hookups and, and, and making you the star. Like we know the, the the ten people out there on that court is normally the stars, but we help make you the star when it's your time and it's your moment.
2: That's a really good good way to put it. Absolutely. It's all about fan engagement. And that's the worst part of COVID right now is that we don't have that fan interaction. And I think definitely for me, and I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but... It definitely is a portion of it that helps calm me down sometimes, you know what I mean? Like we were saying before, it's like I'm so used to being surrounded or being right next to a fan, and it's like that gives me comfort. I feel more uncomfortable now being on the stage on the north end of the arena, not having all the fans around me than in talking basically to an empty arena, you know, I mean, there's only a thousand, two thousand fans in there in an arena that holds probably 18 or 19,000. But I mean, I, it's all about the fans at the end of the day. Like I got to have them. Like I know the team's got to have them. You guys got to have them. Like we've got to have them.
1: Absolutely. I love seeing all the entertainment elements that come together. You know, obviously we love watching the guys play, you know, it's fun to break down the games and look at what they do. But when we talk about our roles and we talk about Doug and Dean and, Jamie and Boomer it's so fun to see how it all comes together that's a little bit about us but really we want to hear from the listeners and we want to hear from the Pacers fans out there and that is what we want this show to be about
0: no, it's definitely up to you guys and, and and interacting with you guys, and we want to talk about the things you want to hear about, whether it's the game, whether it's certain players. How do we feel about certain players not being on the team and trades? Like, this is the believe in Pacers, and we're here to believe in our Pacers, and we want to talk about any and everything. So uh, you help drive the content of this show, so don't be a stranger. This is just as much your show as it is our show. Um, hit us up all on social media. I'm at BSwift317.
2: And I'm at Kurt Streblo, K-U-R-T-S-T-R-E-B-L-O-W.
1: And I'm at Jillian Deem TV.
2: Make sure that you guys stay tuned too, because I think we're going to come out with a Believe in Pacers social media, like Instagram, Twitter. That way, you guys can go directly to there, and an email address I think is what's in the works. Um, just way you guys have direct. You know, contact with us because again, this is something that we want you to drive. Like Jermaine said, the content of the show. And we're all about the fans of the games. And this is our time to kind of give back a little bit. We want you guys to help us out with this and, you know, really be a part of it. Now,
0: facts. And don't be nervous if we see you at a game and we ask you five or 10 questions because you might just make it to the next episode of Believe in Pacers. That's right. Yes, yep.
1: I love that. Yeah, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. As for what's coming next, Let's take a look at the games ahead. We've got Pacers at Houston Rockets coming up on the 20th at 8 p.m.
2: And then we also have, well, we had the Pacers versus San Antonio Spurs Monday the 22nd. And that one has been postponed, not canceled, postponed because four of the Spurs players have COVID 19. So that's very unfortunate. Um, I was originally supposed to work that game. I got an email the other day. And, you know, I think a lot of the fans, or at least a lot of the fans that I know that come to a lot of the games, have been posting that on social media as well. So a lot of them already know. But if you don't, that game on the twenty second, that Monday versus San Antonio Spurs, has been postponed because of COVID nineteen.
0: That's why I seen Trey Lyles playing uh, Call of Duty on on Instagram, I'm talking about seven <laughs> days straight in his <laughs> hotel room.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, that, I think they have five games or so that they're gonna have postponed or switched around.
0: Well, that makes sense. Well, now it makes sense. Well, I know that you were supposed to do that game, and then I'll be at the Bankers Life fieldhouse House on the twenty fourth as we take on Steph Curry. And the Warriors. yes. Yeah, so I'll be at that game. Come see me.
1: That's it for this episode of the Believe in Pacers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in.
2: And make sure you guys spread the word a little bit for us and rate and subscribe the Believe in Pacers podcast.
0: You can get this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts at, whether it's Apple Music, Tidal Music, Google, all things that got podcasts, we are located there. See you on the next episode.